Hey, coming up on the next episode of Unpolished MBA. I just got sick of everything. I just stopped caring. And so I, I took a break. I just decided, you know what? I took a, a job offer with a client. They uh, they offered me a, a fantastic position. And so I, I took that and I just wanted to focus on doing the work without anybody telling me that it should be done a certain way or how to grow my business and without having to focus on selling. I just wanted to exist for a while in the background. Hello, Unpolished MBA audience. I'm your host, Monique Mills. And today I have with me Mr. Ryan Baker. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Monique. Thanks for joining today. Hey, guys, Ryan is actually a growth strategy consultant. He's an entrepreneur. And as you all know, I meet some awesome people online and he is one of them. A lot of his posts really resonated with me. And so I connected with him and like soon thereafter, he disappeared. And so I wanted to know what happened. And when I say disappeared, he just really stopped posting on LinkedIn. So Ryan, welcome to the show. And I got to jump right in because I missed your postings and I want to know what happened. Well, first off, let me say thank you because that really means a lot to me. I really strive in my content to tell people to provide value. That's the whole point of posting on LinkedIn. And I just appreciate that it's been resonating with you. And I've heard the same from others. So I did leave LinkedIn for a fair amount of time. And when I came back, I shared the post that that prompted this conversation. So I burned out. I was exhausted and fed up with the hustle. I, I'm a family man. I've got a wife and four children. And I just, I had so many things going on in life that I wanted to put my focus in and and could not for the sake of the hustle. And as you well know, being online, and then also as being a father, I'm constantly bombarded with inputs from every direction and everybody telling me, you know, what to be, how to be it, you know, what to do, how to do it, what should work, why what I'm doing isn't working. Classic marketing content these days of putting you down so that you buy their their product or whatever. And oh, gosh, I just got sick of everything. I just stopped caring. And so I I took a break. I just decided, you know what? I took a, a job offer with a client. They uh, they had offered me a, a fantastic position. And so I, I took that and I just wanted to focus on doing the work without anybody telling me that it should be done a certain way or how to grow my business and without having to focus on selling. I just wanted to exist for a while in the background. And that gave me some really valuable time to to think and understand really what was going on in, in my head and in my heart. And I think it really helped me kind of prioritize and shift my focus back toward my family and relationships, what's important in life and in business. All too often as entrepreneurs, we say we're doing something for our family and then sacrifice our family for the thing we're doing. And I was teetering on the edge of that and didn't really want to spend all day working, come home to my family and have no energy, nothing to give yeah. them. Would really rather have that balance. So my time away was restorative. It was helpful. And it really helped me understand, I think, why I had burned out as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things I could talk about there. Yeah. Um, about there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I could talk about there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I've, I've 
been burned out before myself years ago with my tech startup. So I understand, I understand that burning the candle at both ends, right? So, and I made some drastic changes. So I just want to know, like right now, you're you're back to to working and doing your thing. What are what's gonna be different this time around? What kind of checks and balances, I guess, have you put in place for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the one of the important things that I think in in gaining a deeper understanding of what burnout is, what causes it, I, I realize that usually burnout occurs when you maybe have had goals and dreams in the past and find yourself without those goals and dreams or making no progress toward those goals and dreams. And I was kind of more in the seat of not necessarily making the progress I felt I should be making. And at the same time, my goals and dreams were shifting a bit more to be more family oriented. So some of the checks and balances I put in place, I'm more thoughtful each day about what my end goal is, how I want my life to look, and whether the things I'm doing are leading me toward that outcome or whether they are holding me back. At the same time, I'm working to be less focused on progress for the sake of progress, which is an easy trap to fall into as an entrepreneur, as a human, just the way our brains work. It's just, it's an easy addiction to get caught up in progress for the sake of progress. So I really try to every now and then sit down, reevaluate, okay, what am I doing in my life that is just for the sake of feeling progress? So I'm a total nerd. I love playing video games, watching movies, and and it was I actually used to compose film scores. So I love all the behind the scenes stuff and learning about how all of these different things work. And often I will find myself turning to some of these things to feel as though I'm learning and growing. And it's not really anything that's going to further me towards my goals, my future. And so if I'm spending too much time in video games or playing board games or watching all the behind the scenes features of the Lord of the Rings for the millionth time, I find, okay, I'm probably trying to feel a sense of progress and escape from the reality in which I feel that I'm not making progress. So let me reevaluate what it is I'm trying to work toward and just map out the steps to get there and make sure that I'm back on path and taking steps to make actual progress. Yeah. And I think in today's society, so inundated with inputs from every direction and so many ways to feel a false sense of progress, we often will default to the easier mm-hmm. progress mm-hmm. rather than the long-term progress that really provides fulfillment in the long-term. It's a fine balance. And I wouldn't even say there's necessarily balance when you're an entrepreneur with a family and you're engaged with that family. Because I know tons of folks that are highly successful and they don't know their kids. <laughs> they're why they really don't know their family like that because they're never there. And that's the norm for their family. But for those of us who are engaged with our family and day to day and taking the practices and going to church and we're going to dinner and we stop at my friend's house and we got games and all that stuff on the weekend and here and there, it's never really a balance. It's more of a blend, I've noticed. And it can get to the point where Unless you have your priorities straight, right? And like, as you mentioned, you know what you're doing things for and you have constant reminders of that why. It can become confusing and you become 
disoriented. It's kind of hard to explain to those who haven't experienced it, but you can kind of become like disoriented and to like, like, wait a minute, what? why am I doing this again? (laughs) So I, I really appreciate you being so transparent and especially even with your post online, when you came back and you was like, yep, I left for a while, burnout, I'm back. I'll share more about that. Basically, if anyone is interested and I am Um, I'm always interested in the person, like to everyone else on social media, a lot of folks are just characters. And so a lot of people think we're characters and it's like, no, no, it was something different about you where I just noted your authenticity in your postings. And uh, so I appreciate you putting that out there. Well, thank you. I really strive in my content, in uh, conversations like this, and even those that won't be listened to by others, I really strive to be genuine, to be a real person. I'm not hiding if things are difficult. Mm. I'm not hiding my true thoughts or who I really am when I'm not at work. That's one thing I think really has always bothered me about being, quote, professional, is that often there's nothing wrong with being professional. I think people should be professional, but I think what that means is not necessarily what people tend to think it means. So I, I think often the perspective on the term being professional is that people want you to pretend like you don't have a real life outside of business. You know, they, they think, okay, be who you are at home and then check your feelings at the door, check your life, your family, everything at the door. We'll exchange some pleasantries and mention the family, like hope the kids are well, but I don't want anything but business to happen when you're here, which is of course a lot harder with working from home and the uh, yeah. the pandemic has forced everyone to kind of realize, oh, you know what? Like, my kid might barge in the middle of a call. I'm nobody's nobody is deceived anymore. And I think we've all experienced a step in the right direction. I've been on interviews with absolutely fantastic world-renowned people. Frederick Valet's comes to mind. Anytime I've seen an interview with him or interviewed him, he has children, and you often hear them in interviews, like yelling in the background or something. And maybe some people are annoyed by that. I think it's wonderful because it's a chance to show what real life is like. It's a chance to show, hey, this guy is a father. He's out here providing immense value to the world, immense value to the business world, but he's not ashamed of who he is. I've never once heard him apologize. Oh, sorry, my kids are being too loud. Like so many of us feel we need to do, oh, hey, I'm sorry that I have a family. I'm sorry that my children are being children and having fun and squealing with the light in the other room. (laughs) Right. Let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, if you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. Um, I just, I want to be a real person. I want others to know who I am. And in, in doing so, I feel like it shares our heart. It shares our minds, the way we think. And 
If that resonates with people, great, we can do business together. Mm -hmm. If you're repulsed by the idea of me having children or talking about video games on a podcast and we don't have to work together, that's fine. Yeah. And some people are really picky like that. And that's the thing. I feel like when some folks may put out their misery to the world or their dislike to the world and those of us who are just kind of like happy, if you don't realize that, hey, that's being projected at me is really them. It's not me. You can really take it personally and have every and shift everything out of thinking that's the way everyone thinks about you. And in reality, it's just that person or this person and it's their own issues. It's not you. And I think a lot of especially entrepreneurs, because those that are building in in plain sight, you're building and growing and you're posting, you put yourself out there with every post it people think that invites their opinion about everything, whether it's valid or not. And a lot of times when it's it's really off base, it's a reflection of them. It's really not you. And uh, so it can really become, again, confusing and frustrating as, a, as an entrepreneur when you put yourself out there. I was asking you about what, what kind of boundaries and things you're putting in place. And one of the things I learned a long time ago is, put an assistant in place. If you can afford it in your business, put an assistant in place who responds to those things or does or sees them before you do, because it's helpful in constructing boundaries around your mental energy and your time. And yes. they're the person to respond back to people like, hey, you know what? Ryan can't hop on a phone call with everybody that emails him. But he'll answer your questions. You mind sending them to me and then I'll have him give me the answers and I'll respond back to you. Will that work? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I think often some people put those checks and balances, those boundaries in place for the sake of productivity. And that is valuable. Obviously, you can't be pulled away from everything by every little person or question or, or thing that comes up, you need to be able to focus on what matters and take those steps toward your goal. But I do think that on the other side of things, there needs to be for that personal assistant or, or admin or whoever is helping you. I think there does need to be those stipulations that like, hey, you know, this type of question, these people, let them come to me because we're going to need to have a fuller conversation. And that's going to allow me to use my freedom as a leader to serve yeah. this person. And there will be long-term benefits for both parties involved uh, mm -hmm. if I can take this time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it helps to have, quote, office hours, depending on what you do. For some, if you're a CEO and you have a large team, really going to have to prioritize who can come to you. You're going to have so many people. You mentioned church earlier. I, I had attended churches that were not really like huge, mm -hmm. around 400 people, Mark. And really when the pastor has 400 people that he's caring for and shepherding, he can't give time and attention to all of those people all the time. So he has to kind of prioritize based on severity of the issue and get to people when he can, but often there's the elders and the deacons to delegate to. Right. And it is a very, not to go up preachy or anything, but a very biblical concept to, to delegate and spread the burden of leadership. But I do think there are those cases that definitely call for personal attention. And that can be both helpful for you to understand and remember as a leader that there are people that you're caring for with lives that you're affecting. And you can, through those conversations, show that you care and help structure your business and your culture in a way 
that help to grow with stability and authenticity. I love the way you stated that because that is one of the biggest benefits of being an entrepreneur is the ability to serve and also being able to have an impact on so many people's lives, whether those are your clients that you're serving or people that work with you and serving as well. So you are a growth strategy consultant, and I'm guessing that means you are also a solopreneur. Is that correct? Um, currently, yes. Every now and then I'll, uh, I'll work with the team. Um, yeah. Currently, I, what I'm doing does not require a lot of assistance. So with that type of business structure, I'm always wondering for those who that's their pretty much their standard with their business at this point. How do you get the support you need during those times? Do you have an entrepreneur like group? We have things like EO and things of that nature. Like, how do you get the support you need? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm a family man and I do have a church community around me. I just, I have a lot of friends in the professional world and we just get together and talk. We talk about what's going on. How's business going? What kind of problems are you experiencing? Okay, well, here's what I'm working through. And sometimes it's very personal. Other times it's more business related. Oh, well, have you thought about this? And even if I have friends that are much more technical related and what they do is like way over my head, I can still give them insight that helps them. And they can give me insight that helps me, even though they don't necessarily know like growth strategy and PPC and things like that. And that's your uh, main strength though, when you, with when it comes to growth strategy, you're focused on PPC, Google ads, things of that nature. Well, so it is kind of two different things. So, so PPC is kind of what I've always implemented. I've been a Google ads guy and I've worked and consulted in over a, a dozen marketing agencies of varying sizes. And I always help them with people, processes, and performance. So make sure that they have the right people. Those people are in the right seats. Make sure that their processes are streamlined for the greatest employee experience and therefore client experience. Then make sure that we're like going through auditing PPC accounts, making sure that their copy is aligned with the market demand. They're not missing big opportunities, that their, their bidding strategies aren't way overspending, that they're optimizing for profit, things like that. Growth strategy is more along the lines of what's our different setup, like our whole goal in general? What are we, are we spending on PPC and ignoring the long-term like SEO? Are we offering the market what they want? Are we, is our pricing going to actually generate profit based on our growth goals? There's a lot of things that go into it. And obviously it's hard to pick one place to start if you haven't like gone through and had a specific company to to break this down for, but it's, yeah. it's been a passion and just kind of ever evolving role. Okay. Yeah. You post a lot of different, um, you share a lot of different positive and encouraging content online. And I know recently, maybe a few days ago, you did a post about collaboration is the key to success. And we'll basically use like, well, let me just say it this way. Relationships is, are really the key to success. And it sounds like in your work, you do a lot of collaboration and working with other people to help grow your business, to help grow their business. And it sounds like the perfect match, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do know over time, careers evolve, right? And so 
with this particular journey that you're on, do you think this is something, hey, I'm going to stick with this for the long run. I'm really into digital marketing and strategy. So this is really what I see myself doing forever. Or do you have other plans? So I like to be adaptable. I like to uh, to flex and grow as needed. And I love variety. So I yeah. love marketing. Marketing and growth have variety just built in by nature. And you can work with all different types of companies and all different types of people and industries. There's always more to learn, always ways to grow. And I love that and probably won't ever leave it. But there are so many things that I love to do. I won't go reinventing myself again. I've done that too many times and that can lead to burnout. <laughs> but I, I like to stay open. When you just say you reinvented yourself many times, I'm always interested to know the catalyst for that right? Like, is it something that you're like, oh, I don't like this anymore? Or, oh, wait a minute, this is something where I could make more money and provide better for my family. I'm always interested in that. I'd say for me, uh, for people who know me, I get intellectually bored. <laughs> and so I'll be like, oh, okay, I've done that. I, okay. I keep hearing the same stuff. I've read all the books. I've done what I wanted to do out of that. So for you, what is really the catalyst behind switching switching lanes and reinventing yourself. Yeah. Well, early, I think it was always about more money. Like back when I was my early 20s, it was like, well, let me shift to this because I can make more money and let me do this because this has a huge upside. And in really lately, or I guess in the past several years, more of that shift has been, oh, this is something where I can really help people. There's a problem I can solve. And there's nothing wrong with shifting to solve a different problem. That's kind of the whole point of entrepreneurialism. We solve problems. But the, the problems come when you're shifting to something completely new and putting all of your all of your eggs in the basket of something you've never really done before. And so it's kind of like a brand. If you uh, a brand takes a new advertising campaign that has absolutely nothing to do with who they have been for years and years, it's going to fall flat and everyone's going to be confused. So uh, an example, a while back, I took a big shift and I was like, yeah, I'm going to help people overcome their self-doubt. Like I've gone through these, this huge life journey and I experienced so much. I understand so much about this. Like I can really help people. Well, I've been in marketing and growth for a decade. How am I going to just completely leave all of that and start talking about something completely new that has it's relevant yeah. to everything, but it's not mm -hmm. relevant to, to marketing. I'm not a credible expert. I can speak to it and show what I understand and show that I understand the problem. But it really was kind of just a an impulse shift. And I think that without stopping to think about, okay, yes, I am passionate about this, but I can help people with this throughout my day-to-day -day life and just speak to it a little bit here and there. And it does affect business growth. I've helped people recognize this. And I, I mean, I think the increase of, of the last guys that I talked to, his revenue increased like, I don't know, 20, 40%. I don't know, it's, it's a big jump in just a couple of months just from recognizing this because it often affects pricing strategy. But it, mm -hmm. it really was too big of a shift for who I am and my brand. And maybe in part, I was bored. But also I just, people wired like me, they're like, oh, I'm seeing all these connections in this thing. And I understand this on a deeper level and I can help people. Yeah. And so they they want to just sink everything. Into Go those. all in. Yeah. yeah. Go all in. And you're right. Like you, it's interesting because although we do have the flexibility to switch lanes and do what we want to do, 
in our lives, in our daily lives. But as far as especially an online brand or a brand, like people get confused really fast. Like, wait a minute. So Ryan is now a life coach. I thought he did digital marketing. Like, I don't know about this life coach. So then people start to judge. And though you may be great at that part, that's just something that can be incorporated into your growth strategy consulting. Finally, I do want to touch on this point that you made recently about humor in personal brands. And uh, I responded that I've seen humor really not go over well in so on social media and, you know, how even comedians are punished. Everybody expects them to be funny and to be sarcastic, but many times they get punished for doing it in a written format because yeah. how people interpret it depends on how they're feeling in that moment and what's happening with them. So I just wanted you to kind of elaborate on that point and your, some of your thoughts around that. Yeah. And personal brands. Yeah. And this is a big deal online. Everybody wants to be funny. They see people like the Harmon brothers making these videos that make everybody laugh and they make millions and millions of dollars. And to your point, comedians, it's all about context. So they're posting online in a, an environment where everybody can see it and everybody is scrolling through reading all of the negativity and the hate and the complaining and they see somebody trying to be funny and it just falls flat and again as you mentioned earlier people that that don't really have anything to do with you see your post and just start spitting all of their angry responses well maybe that post wasn't meant for them but they can see it so you have to understand it's classic speaking principle. You have to know your audience. I always talk about this in growth strategy too. It's the same exact thing. You have to know who it is you're talking to, what it is that they're going through and how it is that you can help them. And comedians that are being funny. And if they're on stage, often the whole environment is structured in a way to put people at ease, help them relax and help them to expect funny and expect to laugh. And everybody's kind of enjoying themselves and in a happy mood. And then you have an opener who's funny. And then everybody's warmed up by the time the main act comes on. You've got everybody just ready to laugh at the silliest little thing. And that's why sometimes watching a comedy special on TV, like they could be really funny. But if you've ever seen one like on YouTube, maybe that just really is cringeworthy, it's you just may not be in the right state of mind. Right. So if you're trying to be funny with your brand on social media, if your brand is known for being funny, like Harmon Brothers put out an, a video, people are going to expect it to be funny. I would love them to do just a completely serious, like dramatic luxury car or jewelry commercial or something sometime <laughs> just to see the complete opposite side of things. I think so often people expect businesses to be professional, to be businessy. And if you're not matching the context of the platform on which you're speaking, then, you know, it is going to fall flat. And with so many people of completely opposite and radical viewpoints, many times you are going to have those who get offended, who get angry, jump in and start complaining. And instead of having a good conversation about these business topics, you can then, or it doesn't even have to be business depending on what platform you're on, but you know, you can have all of these people turning to arguing and complaining and, and slinging insults rather than engaging in a meaningful dialogue. So I think it's really important if you're on social media to understand the context, understand when and how to be funny, and just tread 
softly. Well, that is a great way to conclude our time together today. I think this episode is definitely, the running theme is definitely about extending grace to yourself and to others, Mm. which is something that we definitely need more of in the world today. So, Ryan, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation, and I appreciate the opportunity to chat. That's a wrap. Now you have the option to text me any question that you have about your business, about career, and I will answer it on the show. So just go to unpolishedmba.com forward slash text. And from there, you'll be able to text anytime, any question, and I'll answer it on the air. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.